Thanks for being with us. Uh, Just a bit of an update on Kennedy Stewart speaking today with a bit of an update on initiatives the city of Vancouver is taking when it comes to its fight on COVID-19. They have now secured several hotel rooms for people that need to self-isolate as well as they are bringing in commercial cleaning teams to go through many of the SROs in the downtown east side to make sure they are cleaned and to help stop the spread of the disease. We're going to talk a little bit more about that after the 1230 news today. So stick with us. We'll have more of those details coming up. Also coming up on the program, Mario Canseco with Research Co. has done a new poll on what Canadians are missing the most as many of us self-isolate and don't go out to heed the warnings and the recommendations, the orders to stay at home. We're also going to open up the phone lines and get your take on that. The CEO, the president of BC Ferries is going to join us at 1245 as well to talk about the reduction in service. You likely heard in the news that for 60 days, the route between Horseshoe Bay and Nanaimo will be suspended. We're going to talk about what else could possibly change with BC Ferries as we continue navigated COVID-19. So lots coming up on the program. We're also going to talk about correctional facilities. And Claire Allen has put together a really interesting piece about pets and COVID because there are still a lot of questions about that. Uh, But we start today with a rather sad story. On March 25th, not that long ago, Samantha Moncton was standing outside of the Harrow Park Centre in Vancouver, where inside her father Gary was a restaurant, uh, a restaurant, a resident. She couldn't visit. She couldn't take him to a restaurant. She couldn't go into the facility as she usually did because of COVID-19. No visitors, as we know, are being allowed into many, if not all, of the long-term care facilities. She hadn't seen him in weeks, but she knew at that time that he was one of more than a dozen residents who had already tested positive for the coronavirus. So outside, she picked up her trumpet and she played a few of the songs that she remembered singing with him when she was a child. This is the song and by the light of the silvery moon that my dad would sing to me when I would go to sleep. Just, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> remind him of the good times. Hey, Dad, listen up. <laughs> Well, a sad update. Gary Moncton passed away yesterday from COVID-19. His daughter, Samantha, joins me on the phone now. Hello to you and my condolences. Thank you. Uh, people first, uh, people who didn't know you before uh, probably got their first uh, introduction seeing you play uh, your trumpet outside the Harrow Park Centre. It was such a beautiful picture and a beautiful tribute. What was that like to, to stand outside and play the trumpet for your dad? Um, well, I know that it uh, brought a big smile to his face, and it brought also many to their balconies and windows. So um, it was it was really a, a good opportunity while we still could um, to bring that joy to their faces. And how did you come up with the idea to do to do that? Um, well, Dad knows me. We're a musical kind of family, and I used to play trumpet in high school, and I was like. Well, and I can sing, but I don't really want to do that. But <laughs> So I thought, well, the loudest thing I have is my trumpet. So I'm going to go down there and play some songs that he knows. And because um, I wasn't able to get into the facility, I hadn't seen him since March 14th. So I wasn't able to see him like at all. And he's blind, or he was 
anyway, um, and so I knew that the hearing was like one of the best things he had left. And hearing me play was hopefully going to be one of the joys that he had left too. Absolutely. So how did you find out, or when you started doing that, did you know at that point uh, that your father yeah. had 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 COVID-19? Yeah, like, so we found out on the 17th, and that's when we had to, like, kind of self-isolate as well. Um, but I, like, I played a week later, because I was just like, well, this is frustrating. I can't go see him. This is crazy. I got to do something. I got to be able to reach out to him, because... Um, this, I don't know when I can see him next. Turns out, never. <laughs> you know. And, and what was it like then at that point? Because so many people are in the position where they have loved ones in long-term care facilities. They had they don't have the virus, but all of these uh, protocols are now in place uh, that that stop visitors uh, for for obvious reasons. What was it like though, knowing that not only was your loved one in that care home, but the virus had spread, and and he was one of those in the facility. Well, at that point, like we we all just have to um, accept that this is a virus that's going to be around for a while, and we have to um, mitigate everything we can do to make sure that nobody gets um, affected by it. So, it was for me. It was like, well, I guess it's inevitable, but it, it did feel I felt chilled from it about learning of, that he had had it, but. I just know that all the care that is given to him through those the staff there, um, I knew he was going to be in good hands. So part of me was like, okay, but a part was like, okay, well, at least um, the Harrow Park staff are incredible. And I knew that he was in the hands of basically extended family. Absolutely. And so many people in that position right now are are depending on the staff in these care homes, not only to do what they've already been doing as far as looking after their loved ones, but now being that liaison, almost becoming their family. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, my heart goes out to them because they, they loved dad just as much as I did. They were so sweet with him. And so when they had to call me, it was like hearing from my family telling me about dad. And it's affecting them, too. And I'm, I'm worried about them. And I love them very much. What was it like when you found out that, in, that your father had, in fact, passed away from this virus? They called me yesterday morning at one in the morning and told me, like, when I saw the phone, I knew it wasn't dad's line. It was their line. And it wasn't dad calling me to ask him to get him some ice cream, even though I live far away. <laughs> um, they they said what they said, and it was, um, it still doesn't seem real, quite frankly. It really doesn't. Uh, your dad, I understand, your dad was 78? 77. I was wrong about that. His birthday is next week. Oh. <clears throat> How would you describe yeah. him? He sounds like he was uh, a bit of a character. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was definitely, he was, um, he was a very, not strict dad, but he definitely gave us, um, good guide guidance and he was a physiotherapist who worked his ass off every day for us, for our family and looked after us very well that way. Um, and him and mom were quite, quite the pair together and she left us seven years ago and he moved out here, um, so we could look after him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was just a real cornerstone in my life. Um, he was my num- number one guy. So it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's starting to, starting to become a, a, a harsh reality. How long had he lived at the Harrow Park home? Um, just since October. 
Mm. And did he like it there? Oh, he loved it there. I mean, he would go, my um, other, <clears throat> we basically like an adopted sister, Teresa, and Teresa and him would go to happy hour, and she'd take him for bingo and um, do some like lawn bowling, kind of indoor bowling. So he was active, and he was in the choir. So he had like a much better life when he was there because they cared for him. They, they made sure he was fed, and they just, the love was definitely better for him, you know, to have, a, have people around him all the time. Uh, we're being told uh, every day by officials to stay home if possible, limit our going out to even to get the essentials. Unfortunately, we're still seeing people who are not doing the physical distancing, who seem to be ignoring the rules. What do you say to people who still, for whatever reason, are not taking this virus seriously? Um well, I can't say that on air because it's mm. not polite, but, <laughs> mm. um, you know, like spread the word, not the virus, right? Stay home. St- stop endangering the lives of frontline workers. Like that's that's what makes, because those folks are like so tense every time they go into work. I would feel like I was in, you know, shock every time I'd have to deal with that. But that's what they're doing every day. And we need to protect those people. They're protecting us. Because at the the Harrow Park Centre as well, from what I understand, it was more more than two dozen staff members as well who have uh, tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Yeah, that feels like two dozen of my family. That's what it feels like. (laughs) I worry about every single one of them. Absolutely. And at this point, I'm guessing they don't know how it started, how it got into the the care, care facility. Of course, no. I mean, and at this point, you can't really tell any of that. I mean, it just seems like it's quite a, um, it's a very prolific virus. It decides decides for itself where it wants to go, you know? Hmm. Um, I know you said you you can't say exactly what you would like to say to people. Do you think enough is being done? I mean, here you are, you've lost a loved one, you've lost your dad to this virus. Is enough being done, do you think, to fight the spread? I really have full confidence in uh, the minister and Bonnie Henry have been amazing. Like uh, I feel confident when I see Trudeau talking about what they're doing um, and the money that's being put out to help people. I really do. I feel in the city is like doing great to to do whatever you can now in the downtown east side. Um, but uh, only time will tell. Really, it's the people who stay home and stop goofing around with this. Um, the social distancing and actually do it. That's the key, human behavior. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Sam, we'll leave it there again. My condolences for the loss of your dad. Are you going to keep playing the trumpet? You know, I was thinking about that. Um, I said to my husband yesterday, maybe I should go back and play another concert. He's like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. I'm like, but there's people still there. They're still, they need joy still. So, um, yeah, you might find me back out there. Um, It'll feel very strange looking at that window, knowing that he's not in there. But maybe maybe I can do that and bring more joy to folks who are still in isolation. All right, Sam, thank you again so much. <sighs> you bet.